this is Rossi, better known as Chef Rossi, owner and executive chef of the Raging Skillet, New York City's wildest catering company. I like to think of myself as the anti-caterer, actually, because when I got in the business, catering was really boring. The food maybe looked okay, but it just tasted like, well, like linoleum. And so just doing fabulous abundanza food right away set us apart. But I digress, as always, and I just began, and I'm already digressing. So Easter is upon us, and I've been talking a lot about Passover, so it seemed kind of like the fair thing to do if if maybe I might talk a little bit about Easter. Now, as you know, I'm Jewish. I would even say I'm profoundly Jewish. My whole identity is I'm you know, I'm a New York Jew. What can I say? Um, think Fran Lebowitz, only a lot nicer and softer and kinder. And um, yeah, well, you get the point. Anyway, <laughs> so sorry, Fran, if you're listening. I love you. But you are a little uh, on the grumpy side, you know? Anyway, so Easter's upon us. I'm not an expert in any way. I mean, growing up, all I knew about Easter were the great, the great chocolates that would show up. Those chocolate Easter eggs were amazing. And my favorite were those hollow bunnies. So they were like a big chocolate bunny and they were hollow. It wasn't like you bit into like solid chocolate. That'd be a little too much. And they always kind of made me feel a little ill after because it was generally a cheap chocolate. We weren't going for Godiva bunnies or something. We were going in the supermarket for the hollow chocolate bunnies. So, you know, it wasn't really going to fly. But it was delicious in the moment. And then, you know, damn the after moment. Who cares? And so, and there were always great cartoons and things to see. Usually around Easter and Passover time, of course, there was always the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. So, I mean, I started feeling a camaraderie because my Christian friends were celebrating Easter and we were celebrating Passover. And even though they were about two different stories, you know, we were all eating a lot and doing a family thing and ultimately having a lot of chocolate. I was having chocolate-covered macaroons and my friends were having chocolate Easter eggs or chocolate bunnies. We would always get those giant chocolate bunnies a few days after Easter when they were like 10 cents on the dollar. My mom would like scarf up some and, oh my God, you know, it was pretty hard not to sit down and eat an entire bunny. So it took me a long time to realize that Easter was actually about a religious thing. It wasn't just about hard-boiled eggs you know, painted kind of pretty colors and Easter egg hunts and chocolate bunnies and and chocolate eggs and all of that. And so it's about the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus. Again, I'm not religious and I'm certainly not Christian, but, you know, let's be fair here. This is a serious holiday. And so there's a lot of symbolism about this, just like there's a lot of symbolism with Passover. You know, everything in the Seder is is symbolic. The salt water for our tears, the horseradish for the bitterness of slavery. 
But with Easter, it being about the resurrection, so whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you believe that Jesus was resurrected and came back from the dead, whether or not you believe any of that, whether or not even if you believe in God, there's still a lot of symbolism in the story. Like, now why would the egg be so important? Well, the egg also shows up in the Passover Seder. Because the egg is basically about new life. And all of these things happening, Easter, Passover, and the birth of spring, that's new life and new beginnings. The birth of spring, the resurrection of Jesus, the exodus about a new beginning. I mean, it's all about new life and new beginnings. And so everything that we've gone through this last year with a pandemic, oh my God, I'm so sick of wearing a mask. Aren't you? I mean, I'm just so ready for some new beginnings. I know you are too. Now, I've had some pretty amazing Easter experiences since I started going out with my gorgeous Italian Catholic girlfriend with her big family because Easter for them is a serious pig out. Easter Sunday, forget it. We're talking about every imaginable kind of meatball and pasta and, and, and oh, I can't even cheeses and sausages and it's just endless oh my it's like lions and tigers and bears oh my cheeses and sausages and pasta oh my but a serious amount of meat and it's a lot of love and a lot of family so here we are we've got the light coming at the end of the tunnel at long last i've had my first vaccine and i'll have my second pretty soon in a couple of weeks I see the light at the end of the tunnel. About half my friends have been double vaccinated. The sun is coming out. New birth, new beginning. You know, viva la egg. The egg is a great symbol. And we were just talking about it on the Seder. New life, hence the egg. Just to be honoring the egg, I made a point to eat two of them. Um, With a little bit of apple-smoked sea salt. Delicious. Now... What kind of food might properly celebrate Easter, properly celebrate new life, new beginnings, a resurrection? So whether or not you believe Jesus was resurrected, it's kind of an awesome thing to celebrate. Resurrections, new birth, new beginnings. Let's just say there is no religion. No one has a religion. And no one believes in God. We're all on an equal playing field. And all we have is this life. Well, if that's all we have, let's celebrate resurrections and new beginnings and transformation and salvation. Let's celebrate all of that. And if you believe in everything, even better, you know, just celebrate it with more gusto. So I'm ready to be resurrected from COVID-19. And I'm ready to be resurrected from darkness and depression and funk and all the things that, you know, the pandemic can do to you not being able to hug. I mean, there was a period of time when it first hit New York where I didn't hug another person for, God, I think it was like four months, at least three months. And it really does something to you. There was, my girlfriend was in Florida. I was here. I wasn't cohabitating with anyone. And I I didn't hug anyone for over three months. And it did something to me to not have physical contact. Doing the elbow and the fist bumps is not enough. So 
I need to be resurrected from that dark time. I need to open myself to new beginnings and new chances and new glory. Now I know you do too, because you're listening to me and you need me. You need me to help you get a little resurrection on, you know? So since I've honored Passover quite a bit this year, and I'm still continuing to honor it because I'll, in a couple of days I'm going to be making a big batch of matzah crack. What can I say? I'm like a, a three-crack girl. I make crack balls, Oreo crack, and matzah crack. But again, digressing. So to honor Easter, I think maybe we could elevate the egg. I mean, what kind of food would you want to have on Easter? You want to have some egg going on, right? It doesn't have to be a chocolate egg. So I personally love deviled eggs. I love eating them and I love making them. Interestingly enough, my former chef hated making deviled eggs. It's interesting. She never wanted to make them. And I don't know why I think the texture bothers her, but I love, I love, love, love making them. And there's a lot of different ways you can make them. So the idea in the beginning is simple. Pretty much every deviled egg starts this way. You hard boil a whole bunch of eggs. And then you peel the eggs and you cut them in half and you save your ha- your white half. Now it's hollowed out. You have a nice bowl in that hollowed out part and you drop your egg yolks in a bowl. Now here's where the recipes vary greatly and I've got a million of them. So the basic deviled egg recipe is you take your yolks and you smush in mayonnaise and a little mustard and something with a little vinegar flavor. So that could just be a little bit of apple cider vinegar, a little drizzle, or you could even do a little lemon juice. Um, something, you know, something you could make a salad dressing out of, something a little c- citrus or vinegary. But what my favorite thing to do is to take a jar of dill pickles and let some of the juice go into my egg mixture. So now I've got the egg yolks, the mayonnaise, my dill pickle juice, some mustard, salt and pepper, and then I'll give it, mm, sometimes I'll even give it a little Old Bay. That's really sexy. I'm going to mush it all up, get some flavor going. Very often I'll give it a few shots of Tabasco just to kick it up. Now you could spoon this. Now that's a nice sort of a mushy thing. You put it in the fridge and forget about it. But you could spoon it into your white you know, your white egg bowls. But to make it really pretty, put it in a piping bag. That's like a pastry bag. You can even get a temporary one, you know, a disposable one. And you can get a little tip to make something pretty. And then you can make like a little rose or some little swirl. You can do something pretty. Or you can fill a Ziploc bag up with your egg mush and snip off a corner and use your Ziploc bag to kind of just swirl it into your egg white half, your your waiting bowl. So that's going to be gorgeous already. But then what I like to do is dust it with a little smoked paprika. Now here, you could stop. But why stop? Stopping never helped anyone. Keep going. Kick it up. What did Emerald say? Kick it up? What was it he said? I think he said kick it up a notch. Anyway, I always kick it up. So I've got my beautiful deviled egg waiting. What I love to do is I'll take a little spoonful of relish. Oh my God, that's very Paula Deen. Paula Deen, before we knew about, you know, some of her 
less, less desirable qualities. She's a great cook, though. You got to give that to her. Sometimes I'll spoon a little relish on it. That's a gorgeous thing. Sometimes I'll take a little slice of that beautiful dill pickle and just stick it in there like a spear. That's a gorgeous thing. And sometimes there's other things you can do that are even sexier. Now, I personally don't eat bacon because I'm afraid my Jewish mother would come back from the grave and kill me or everyone around me. But most people like bacon. So a deviled egg, some crumbled bacon is a sexy thing, or just like a stick of bacon, you know, like a, a, you know, a crunchy sort of a spear of it sticking right out of the yolk could be kind of a cool thing. And I've also done deviled eggs with a little bit of smoked salmon, a little swirl of smoked salmon. That's gorgeous. Trust me. I've done deviled eggs with a couple of capers on top. Again, beautiful. And I've done deviled eggs with cayenne pepper in the mix. That's another gorgeous thing. Ground white pepper is a gorgeous thing. Old Bay, trust me, Old Bay seasoning. Well, it's great on everything. I throw Old Bay everywhere, but it's great in deviled eggs. Celery salt, fantastic. Mixed into the deviled eggs, gorgeous, gorgeous. Now, here's a new one that you might like. I know a lot of people who don't like mayonnaise. I know it's kind of a shocking thing. Can you imagine life without mayonnaise? And I actually don't like it too much myself, but I do like it in deviled eggs. But there's a way you could make a deviled egg without mayonnaise. You're like, well, how could I do that, Chef Rossi? Please tell. And so I shall. You could put your egg yolks in the bowl and then put in some ripe, mushy avocado. Just the meat, you know, not the shell in the pit, obviously. And then go ahead and maybe mush it up, mush it up, mush it up. So now you have a green avocado mush egg yolk. And you want to give it some lime juice so the avocado doesn't turn. And now since you've got a lime avocado thing, you might as well go a little bit southwestern Mexican kind of thing, you know, go the sort of flavors. So I do some ground cumin, ground coriander. That goes great. Why not? You could do some minced jalapeno, some minced red onion. And then you have a kind of a guacamole flavored deviled eggs. And then you pipe it into your egg yolk, your egg white. So, you know, granted, you're going to have a green inside of your deviled egg, but so what? Who cares? It's a gorgeous thing. You could dust it with a little salsa on top. I mean, so so I would call it, I would call it a Southwestern Mexican Santa Fe all-purpose deviled egg. And you didn't have any mayonnaise. So what do you think of that? How you like me now, babe? I got you to do a deviled eggs. Well, now I'm thinking of that Dr. Seuss thing, green eggs and ham. So if you have a Dr. Seuss party and you need to have green eggs and ham, you could do the avocado deviled eggs and you could have your ham. Then you'd have green eggs and ham and it'd be delicious and totally edible. And what do you think of that? So there. And while you're eating your deviled eggs, you can know that you're celebrating rebirth and new life and new beginnings and I think that should be what this holiday is about. We had a beautiful day in the city today. Um, the sun was out, and I found myself running all over Red Hook. Have you ever been to Red Hook, Brooklyn? Well, if you're a New Yorker, maybe you have. But what I love about Red Hook is that it reminds me of the way, well, the way the South Street Seaport used to be around 1981. 
probably the late 70s too. It's kind of sleepy. Like you'll see people there who probably are a retired cop or not a retired cop, you know, firemen and cop and fishermen, you know, kind of like these kind of guys hanging out at the bars there. And people are just enjoying and it's peaceful. It's not busy. It's not loud. It was a perfect place to be on this crisp, sunny day. And I had an old friend with me who I hadn't seen in a long time. I said, come celebrate this crisp, I can't say that word, crisp, there I did it, like Quentin Crisp, oh, I loved him, I have many Quentin Crisp stories for you, anyway, so I said, come celebrate this beautiful crisp, I said it again now, I love it, day, and we walked around, and we saw the water, and the glory, and I felt, hanging out with my friend who I love so much, and looking at the way that she had joy in her eyes to see me. And that's a wonderful thing, to be around someone whose eyes beam with joy because they're with you. I mean, is there any better feeling in the world than knowing that the person you're with in this moment is full of joy because they're with you? My God, if I could spend the rest of my life seeing that look from people, well then, you know, I don't even have to go to heaven, right? There's nothing better than that. So how do you get that look? How do you elicit the joy eye look? Maybe that's what I'm going to call this show, the joy eye. I'm not sure. Percolating on that. I was going to call it getting eggy, but I sort of like the joy eye too. I'll let you know by the end of the show. Anyway, but how do you get the joy eye going? Well, the trick is to dole out a lot of love. Just give yourself, give kindness, give your time. You don't have to dole out money, dole out your time. And sometimes the best thing you could do is listen. And listen, I listen and listen. I'm talking about listening. What do you think of that? I haven't always been a great listener. I've been someone who really liked talking so much that I didn't listen enough. And I missed hearing a lot of things. I wish I had listened more when I was growing up because my mother told me some amazing stories. I'm sorry, but I just had a sip of tequila. And you know what is a new thing in my life? I think just since COVID, while I'm doing the podcast, I do like to sip the occasional tequila because it warms my throat and lets me talk more. Like I said, now what was I talking about before I started talking about tequila? I lost my train of thought entirely. And there you have it. In any case, you want to get the joy on. You want to get the joy eye. To get the joy eye, you have to give. Give of of yourself. And oh, that's what I was saying. That I've become a better listener. And you are a great listener. You're even letting me dance around the world in 30 days and digress all over the universe. And you're still listening. That's very kind of you. My mother used to tell amazing stories all the time, and I would try to listen, but you know, they were just coming at you rapid fire, so many of them. And luckily, I remember a lot of them, but a lot of them I wish I'd written down. And I always thought, honestly, that she was, well, full of poo poo. And then as the years have gone by, I've realized that her stories were all true. And I guess they had a lesson. You know, granted, she loved to talk about the Holocaust day in and day out, which I think was a little bit much. 
when I was four or five and six years old. I mean, my sister and I were so traumatized by Holocaust stories that when we played dolls, we would play concentration camp. I kid you not. So that, that's sort of an indication that you're talking to your children when they're a little too young about the Holocaust if they're having Ken and Barbie play concentration camp. But, and now I'm really digressing all over the universe, let's go back to being a good listener and resurrection and new beginnings and the egg and new birth and Passover and Easter and spring and goodness. So my gift, I think, is to be a better listener as best I can. That's something I can work on every day. And I know my girlfriend would really appreciate it because quite honestly, sometimes she's telling me stories and it's not like I do it on purpose. She starts to tell me stories and sometimes I do drift off. And I have to admit when I'm doing my morning Zen meditation and, and the narrator, on it's like an app I listen to on my iPhone, it's great. The narrator, Tamara Levitt is her name. Oh my God, she's got a very nice, sexy voice. Not as sexy as mine, thank you, but she's a great narrator. But she's talking me through these meditations and I drift off. I'm all over the place. I'm daydreaming to childhood. I'm over to, you know, things I have to do at work. I'm like, I have a lot of trouble staying right in the moment. And I've already talked about that, staying in the moment. So... Now, we do resolutions on New Year's Eve, but I think since this is new birth and new beginnings and Easter, Passover, and the birth of spring, why couldn't we do some New Year's-style resolutions now? But they'll just be, let's call them new Easter or new spring resolutions. Spring resolutions. But, you know, you get the point. Sort of New Year's Eve and spring. So I think my resolution is going to be staying in the moment as much as humanly possible and being a better listener as much as humanly possible. Sometimes that's the kindest thing you can do for someone. Like I always want to jump in and fix things. Don't you find that? Someone's telling me about their problems. I'm already percolating my brain, spinning a mile a minute. How can I help them? How can I fix that? How can I fix this? And when you jump in and start trying to fix it, you're, you know, most likely you're really bugging them. I know when we had a complete shutdown because of COVID and all my business postponed or just slowly went right down the toilet, seemed like everyone in my life wanted to just fix it for me. And I would complain. I'd be like, oh my God, we just had 40 weddings, go down the toilet, oy vey. And they would be trying to fix it. And all I wanted them to do was just be quiet and let me talk about how upsetting it was. Everyone I know in my industry, in the wedding industry, in the catering industry, everyone I know in live theater, we've all had like the roughest year of our professional life this last year. I mean, there's no getting around it. It's been very hard. And honestly, the kindest thing you can do for a person in the restaurant business or a catering business or live theater who is gone through this pandemic is to just let them talk and listen and then of course take them out and buy them lots and lots of really great cocktails and maybe take them for a wonderful foot massage you could do that too but you know after you're done listening then you can buy the cocktails and take them out for the foot massage 
So if anyone wants to take me out for cocktails and a foot massage and wants to listen to me complain, be my guest. So how might you celebrate Easter? Well, celebrating new beginnings and new birth. But celebrate sharing your love and your kindness and listen to people. Help them by listening and not always just trying to fix. So I'm saying that to you, but I'm really saying that to me. I think I did a good job listening today. I was with my wonderful friend who I haven't seen in a long time. Really beautiful soul. And she's got a little girl quality to her, no matter how old she gets. And she's still quite a bit younger than me, so there's that. So I always see her as a little girl. But she's got a little girl quality. And I sat there and just listened. She had a lot to say. She's had a rough year, like we all have, or most of us have. Well, Amazon has not had a rough year, but, you know, most of us have had a rough year. Okay, Zoom has not had a rough year. But most of us have had a rough year. And I listened. And I occasionally offered little, you know, little sort of sounding board sorts of things. But I didn't try to fix her. I just let her talk and be in the moment. Because that was the kindest thing I could do for her. And I think that was what she needed. And what I needed was to see how happy that made her. And to see the joy in her eyes. So, if I could give a blessing to you, can we also do that on Easter, Passover, and New Spring? Can we give blessings? Can we have resolutions and blessings? So, I'll give you a blessing. And the blessing is that you get to see someone look at you with that kind of joy in their eyes. As much as humanly possible. Every day would be grand, but that joy look, well, that'll hold you over even if you only got it once a week. I remember visiting my father in the last five years of his life. My favorite thing in the world when I would walk into his room was the way his eyes lit up with joy. And he would always say, there's my beautiful daughter who never forgets me. My queen, my queen. He was calling me my queen. Well, you know, I am kind of a queen. But the look of joy in his eyes and granted it had a lot to do with the fact that I was carrying kosher Chinese egg rolls with me or Hebrew national hot dogs or some of his other favorites apple pie was his big favorite too so granted the joy was a lot about that too but mostly it was just to see me walk in the room I don't think I've ever quite experienced that level of joy as the way my father looked at me when I walked in the room. And we hadn't been close growing up. But thank God, in the last five years of his life, I got the joy look. Every single time I walked in the room, he lit up like the 4th of July. So that's the blessing I give to you. I hope you get the joy look as much as possible. And have some awesome deviled eggs. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy spring, happy new beginnings. This is Rossi for Raging and Eating. And I think I'm going to call this Get Your Joy On. Something like that. I'm still percolating. I like to play. Anyway, have a great holiday.